Welcome to The Intuitive Therapist with Janice R. Cohen, therapist, clairvoyant, empath, and medium. Listen in as she takes a no-nonsense, deep dive into real human struggles and how to resolve them. Janice will share channeled information from her spirit guide team, as well as angels and archangels, to help you master your emotional, physical, financial, and spiritual destiny. And now, Janice R. Cohen. Hey, y'all. This is Janice Cohen, the intuitive therapist here on the Intuitive Therapist Podcast. So happy to know that you're on the other side listening uh, and looking forward to some new content because I do have some. You know what? I think about a lot uh, with, with certain people. Why do we feel compelled to fix other people? Seriously, why? What's this thing? We want to make them into somebody that'll be better suited for us? Like we need to save people and fix their broken wings? I can tell you, I used to spend many, many years doing that. And we've all been there probably at one time or another, especially those of us who are empaths and nurturers and fixers. You know, it's very difficult for those of us who need to come to the aid of others to give up an opportunity to reduce the pain of somebody else. Like it's really, really hard because, you know, we're kind people and we want to save people from pain, kind of giving them a shortcut. But here's what I've learned in my 28 years as a therapist. You can't fix somebody, period, let alone somebody who doesn't want to change. It's impossible. I'm a fixer by nature, and I have yet to help somebody who doesn't want to help themselves. And y'all, I'm trained. And y'all, I have 28 years behind me in helping people massively change their life. But there, I'm, I can't even compete with somebody who doesn't want to make the changes in their life. When I first began working as a therapist, I was really, uh, as a newbie, kind of considered myself very, very green. Y'all have heard that term. Uh, somebody who is just starting out in the profession, not knowing much. My heart was in the right place, but I was unknowingly crippled before the gate opened because I take on the responsibility of helping somebody change instead of just being uh, with them where they were at and just being there for them. After all, I was hired by them to help fix the problems, right? I mean, y'all, that's a lot of pressure to take on. Even if you're uh, uh, somebody who's lived a lot of life or somebody starting in a new job, that's just a lot of pressure. And many times I took it personally when I had invested all of myself in a client and they repeatedly sabotaged themselves or promoted themselves as in need and ready to move forward, but they weren't really ready to change. They weren't in enough pain to do what it took to change. And I, in, a, in all honesty, I was too naive to know the difference early on in my career. Over time, though, um, I've developed a more neutral approach, one that allows me to salvage myself emotionally when I encountered clients and friends who acted as if they wanted my help and strategies, but in reality, they're really quite comfortable in their pain. Over the years, I realized that most people, even if they say they aren't, they find comfort in pain. Uh, it gives them significance, purpose, attention, and they have a clear cause when the rest of uh, their life stinks. 
like their cause, you know, something that they're acting on behalf of, but their cause is their unhappiness. It's a great way to feel like you matter when you tell others your story, your woe is me story, and they either collude with you in your, and, and they collude with you in your pity party. That feels so amazing. I can tell you many, many times in my life where I've sought people out who would do just that versus really help me. But now back to you, my dear. If you're one of these amazing people who feel compelled to fix somebody or save them, I have some real good, strong, straight up advice for you today. You can take it or leave it. Because I'm sure that some, if not all, of what I'm going to say is probably going to rub you the wrong way. And guess what? I have no problem with that. I am used to ruffle, ruffling feathers. I'm used to being provocative. And that's just how I roll. And that's how spirit uses me. So my hope is that if you're listening to this episode, you'll give yourself the gift of letting go of your need to feel significant vis-a-vis -vis fixing or saving others. We are all experts on other people's lives, right? I mean, sometimes it's so clear what uh, somebody else needs to do to resolve a challenge that we really want to force it down their throat. But when they don't accept the tincture of resolution that we so very badly want them to take, somehow we become offended. Or maybe they ask you for your help or your opinion. They say they're listening to you. You spend hours upon hours listening and talking to them. They agree that what you tell them is what they will do. And then what happens? They do nothing. Change nothing. And when someone something else happens, guess what? They're back texting you, calling you, or emailing you for another rescue boat session, asking you to fill up their life jacket with your love, time, energy, and fix-it solutions. That's not good, is it? Can you see all of those times that this scenario has played out with all of those people who you selflessly gave your time and energy and caring and problem-solving to? I thought you might. I bet you're thinking of a few people right now who you wish you didn't waste your time, energy, uh, and investment in not because they weren't worth it, but because it really, you know, your, your uh, time wasn't valued. So when you think about all of this, like, you know, you spend time with these people, you give your, your opinion, you're really heartfelt, uh, heartfeltly listening to them, and then they don't take your advice. And then you become offended and angry. Why, why do we do that? Well, it's because they really didn't listen. And more so, they, they didn't want to hear what you had to say. They didn't really want to change. And they really did waste your time by posturing that they needed your help. But they really weren't ready to accept it or use it. And that's the thing. People posture a lot. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're ready. And that's just reality, my dear. Most people are like that. I've been like that at times in my life in the past, too. I thought I wanted help, but really, here's the deal. Everybody wants to be heard. Very rarely do people get the opportunity to talk about themselves, right? And so most people, when I talk about posturing, that's really what most people need is just to be heard, right? They just need to be heard. 
I've had so many friends in my lifetime who offered me various levels of support. A few would go to the depths of the oceans to make sure I was okay, and they would also be able to meet me at the depth of my pain. Not collude, but meet me there, get me, not make me feel like a weirdo for falling apart when I was in pain. But many of them, they really wouldn't know how to help me. And they didn't know um, how to effectively listen to and reflect my thoughts back to me so that I felt heard. And yes, some would collude with me, like I said, because they weren't prepared to give me tough love or some honest feedback. They thought that the right thing to do was to placate me and, uh, you know, jump in the party, pity party boat with me. We've all played all of these friend roles at one time or another, too, so none of us is immune. It takes courage to recognize when someone is just posturing versus truly being at rock bottom where they are prepared to change their life. There's a fine line between supporting someone and trying to fix them, y'all, and I want to help you understand what that really means. The first way uh, to identify if you want to fix somebody versus support them is to recognize your own ego's need to be a hero. Now, some of you are probably sticking out your chest and crumpling your face in offensiveness. That's fine. Like I told you, it doesn't matter to me whether or not you agree. I just want you to listen to something different. I told you that you might not like what I'm about to say, but stay with me, please. It gets better. I promise. And you'll see why I'm saying what I'm saying. Every one of us wants to feel significant and valued. And one of the most effective ways that we can achieve this is to seek a role that allows us to get the attention we so crave. We either publicize our story of helplessness to anyone and everyone who will listen uh, so that we might get the pity and compassion we crave, not really wanting to change anything because our story has proven to be so compelling and effective at getting other people's attention. Is really useful, y'all. Or we become the savior of all, immediately jumping into 911 mode, becoming the first responders pulling out all of the stops to resuscitate the ones in need. I guarantee you, each and every one of you have been on both sides of that fence. And it feels amazing and magnificent to us because we really do believe we're making a difference when we uh, get into 911 mode. And with somebody who truly wants to change their, their life experience, you could really be an agent of change if they use your advice, if your advice is sound. But unfortunately, most people aren't as ready as they say they are to change. Even after almost three decades as a therapist, I fumbled with clients who had very convincing postures about wanting to change. I even had a vetting system. I have a vetting system that I use to weed out those potential clients who aren't all in, in terms of needing to change their life. And I tell people, if you're not at a 10 ready to change your life or a nine, I can't work with you because I know you're not really ready. But recently, I, this is a fumble story. I recently took on a client who said she was desperate to get out of her pain. She wanted relief. She said that she's been to so many people who said they could help her but they haven't. Guess what happened? My ego said, oh, I can. I can be the one who works magic and helps this client change her life. I couldn't have been farther from the truth. I will be honest and say that my ego hasn't shown up like that in 
years and years and years. But there was something about her that got the best of me, and I wanted to do whatever I could to help her. I wanted to be the one who saved her. Turns out she was an expert at practicing her faulty story, and for good reason. The story of emotion or ter emotional turmoil was at the basis of her functioning. If she didn't practice the story of depression and all of the other beautiful elements of her story, she'd have to give, it, give up this way of living that scared the shit out of her. What did she have to replace this very functional story with, even though it was dysfunctional? She was well known in her family for suffering in these ways, and it worked for her. And it also colluded with the other members of her family who were also in their own dysfunctional, depressive story. Uh, and it kept her from making progress, becoming healthier, moving forward from other family members who were also, like I said, practicing their own stories of suffering, loss, and helplessness. She couldn't abandon this very theatrical and very real story that she proclaimed. It was far too risky because she'd actually have to become somebody else and leave this dysfunctional identity behind. And I have to tell you, um, I see this a lot uh, in people who really aren't ready to, to change. Um, and I want you to think about uh, this and just in terms of, it, of addiction, we can be addicted to a lot of things. We can be addicted to behaviors, thoughts, feelings, um, beliefs. We really can. And I can tell you, uh, as somebody who has struggled, struggled as an addict, I, I uh, smoked on and off since I was 12 and I quit be five years uh, this September. Um, I know that I could not have stopped that behavior if I didn't have something better to substitute it with. But when people who struggle emotionally don't have something else to substitute, this belief system that's worked so well to keep them in a uh, safe place, then the idea of developing something else or just abandoning their whole survival process scares the hell out of them. So guess what I did? Me trying to save and fix. I pulled out all the stops. Y'all, I even sought out the advice of colleagues who work with clients like this uh, with her identified challenges. I employed every single technique that I have learned and developed over the almost 30 years that I've worked with clients. And these techniques really work and have worked with almost all of my other clients, but nothing really worked with her. And for a moment, I actually felt like I'd failed her, but I really hadn't. I had actually failed myself because I let my ego get the best of me for the time that we worked together. And I decided that it would never happen again. It was a wasted, uh, you know, wasted uh, bit of time to practice that scenario with anybody else again. I do believe she got some benefits from our time together. So don't get me wrong. It's, it, it wasn't wasted and uh, entirely. And I don't feel like she, she was a wasted opportunity. I have a great deal of compassion for her. Um, I did listen. I did offer her straight back, straight feedback. And I did give her many strategies that she could use at any point in her life to make changes. Again, these strategies that I offered have helped hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people make the changes they want. All of that was great, 
like I said, I do believe I was helpful. She just wasn't ready to change. And you know what? That's really okay. It wasn't my burden to bear. And in the reality, y'all know that when it's time to change, we change. That said, think about times in your life where you showed up on either side of the fixing fence, either as the one asking to be fixed or the one who stepped up to fix. Can you see how in these instances, the dynamics that I've described have played out? Like, it's kind of crazy, isn't it? Well, let me share some positive things with you. I don't want to be Debbie Downer and Nelly negative. Y'all know I'm not like that anyway. But let me just share a couple of positive things with you. I do believe that just like any addict, we fixers can be rehabilitated. It takes commitment and a desire to get your need for significance met in healthy ways. For example, to feel like you matter, why not help somebody who's in real need? A homeless person, an elderly person, volunteer to serve the community, anything that gets you out of your own ego and into service. This is by far the most potent way to rehab your need to fix. Give to others and be of service. By the way, this is the uh, predominant solution to depression too. Give and be of service. Next, notice how your ego responds when somebody sends out an SOS your way. Do you immediately feel like swooping in and saving? If so, I ask that you do a self-check before you act. Really look at what's going on inside of you first. If your ego string is being tugged, take a moment before you respond and change your perspective. If you feel like, oh, I've got to swoop in and save, really think about how it is that you perhaps could be being selfish at that point. Is this something that you really need to do? Is this really an SOS? In what way can you truly be helpful? How can you figure out if this person really wants change or just needs to be heard? One simple way is to simply ask. What do you need from me right now before we get into talking? Do you just need me to hear you and listen? Or are you open to hearing some feedback? The number one way to vet whether or not somebody is ready to hear anything other than their own voice. So you can choose to listen and reflect rather than fix. If you believe the person is really in dire straits and wants to change and they do not have a history with you of playing the card of woe is me, woe is me, uh, humor me, and yeah, nothing's going to change, uh, and it being, you know, like being bullshit, then, then do what you can to help. Otherwise, reel yourself in, ego-driven woman, ego-driven man. Listen to the cues that they offer and act accordingly. If they're dead set on continuing to complain and keep their helpless story alive, then keep your distance. Don't get sucked in. Pull back and just reflect by simply not even saying words, really. You can just make a noise like, hmm. You may reflect back, wow, that's tough. And that's all you say, right? Acknowledge, show compassion, and then ask them, ask them this one question. This will change the course of your conversations with somebody who is constantly crying wolf. This one question will change it. And that question is, hey, let me ask you a question. What are you planning on doing to change your situation? They say, I don't know, I need help. 
But what are you planning on doing? What do you think you might need to do? If they have no answer, that means that they really haven't reached a point where they need to change. Because most people, when they want to change, they're thinking of all the ways that they can, the options, the possibilities. And maybe even just an option is to go find somebody to talk to, to leave the house, to go put themselves in a different space, to do something. Having been in this profession, like I said, for as long as I have, I know that everybody has the solution to their problems. They may not know the how, but they know, they know what they want to feel. They know what they don't want to feel. And if you were to put a gun to somebody's head, and I mean this uh, figuratively, and say, okay, you need to tell me what's going to fix this. you got five seconds. They'll tell you. I do that all the time. I say to people, y'all may think that sounds unethical, but let me tell you it works. You know, uh, everybody has a solution to their problems. They just don't allow themselves to access it for various reasons. Either they don't believe in themselves enough to resolve their challenges. They don't believe they have enough evidence from their past experiences where they've been successful uh, in their efforts to achieve resolution. Or they're too afraid to abandon their current historical story of who they are because they don't have another story to adopt that fits. It's so important, y'all that you realize that a person won't change until they're in intolerable pain. In my previous podcast episodes, I have explained that people change from only two things. Either they experience so much pleasure that they do whatever it takes to maintain it, that level of pleasure, or they're in such intolerable pain, rock bottom, y'all, that they either grow or they die. It's as simple as it gets. And I'll tell you this, y'all, anything in between that is a range of discomfort. So if you say, yeah, oh, I can't stand this anymore. I want to change my life, but you're not doing anything in this moment right now to make it different, then all, you, all you're doing is just feeling uncomfortable. And guess what? If you're just uncomfortable, you will never change your life, period. You may agree or disagree. I don't care. I'm telling you what I know, but I want you to hear me. And really, it's okay for you to be in discomfort. But truly, change happens when you reach a point where you cannot live the way you're living for one more moment. And please, y'all, don't deprive someone of hitting rock bottom. We all need to do that in order to truly revolutionize our lives. And that's one of the things uh, that I pride myself in helping people do is to revolutionize their lives. It can be scary as shit, y'all, but rock bottom is necessary for our growth, period. I don't mean abandoning somebody or refusing to help somebody who is thinking about taking their life or risking self-harm. That is not what I'm talking about. Without a doubt, when safety is an issue, you have to intervene. But if not, you can be there. If it's anything else other than that, let them do what they need to do while also letting them know that you are there to support their positive mental health. Be there, listen, love them, have compassion for them, but please do not collude with them in their pain. You only validate their need to feel helpless. And if that's what your ego needs, then you need to get some help. 
you need to take your ass to a therapist or coach so that you can stop feeding your own selfish need to feel validated by keeping somebody else down. You aren't helping anybody if you do that. What you can do that's helpful is to always remind them of what's possible. If you know them well, continue to paint the picture for them of what you've heard them say that they want in their life and ask them the question that I mentioned before. So what are you going to do to change your situation? Do not accept, I don't know. Find an answer. Help them find an answer. And if they're serious, then your next question is, how can I support you in your efforts to change? What do you need from me? No one wants to see a person who we care about in pain. We don't, and it hurts us, especially as empaths, as nurturers, as fixers. But at some point, y'all, you have to stop feeding your ego and being the reinforcing factor that encourages helplessness in other people. You got to step back. You got to observe. You got to accept people for, from a loving place and a compassionate place for their struggle. Serve others in an effective way and uh, help them see what's possible. I hope you've benefited from, t from today's episode. Uh, it's a huge, huge piece, not only in my practice, uh, with, uh, my clients, but also, uh, you know, what I've seen over time in myself and, and with my friends and, and people who talk to me about these kinds of things where they feel compelled to, to fix other people and uh, repair broken wings. And, uh, it's just not possible when somebody doesn't want it. Please do me a favor. If you've benefited from this and any other podcast episode, hop on over to iTunes and rate and review my podcast. I, again, I'm so grateful for all the five-star reviews. It's just overwhelming. And uh, the reviews just keep growing and growing and growing. And I just love y'all for taking the time to listen. And uh, if you need a reading, I do readings for people all over the world. Seriously, uh, I don't have to have you in front of me to do it. I connect with your energy real easily uh, on the phone or via Skype or Zoom. So there's never anything that interferes with my ability to tap in. You're ready to change your life. If you're one of these people I talked about today who's sick and tired of living the way you're living and you really want to up-level the quality of your life, reach out to me. I work with people, like I said, all over the world doing this amazing work that I get to do. And I hope that you will make a decision to do one thing today that will change the trajectory of your life. I wish you a, a wonderful day, a blessed week, and as always, live intuitively. Thanks for listening to The Intuitive Therapist with Janice R. Cohen. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review at iTunes. 